Welcome to a horror podcast. <laughs> you just watched the silence of the flumps. <laughs> uh, look for it on YouTube, it really tickles our fancies. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, the show where we try and chill each other's bones with horror stories. Every Two weeks, but not always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes it's a little late, but just like a ghost, we arrive when you least expect it on your podcast app. Um, rate, review, and scri- subscribe, and thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> uh, I'm technically Hamish. You're um, t- technically Hamish. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, figuratively. What are you? I'm Ter. Subjectively. Yeah. Um, we are objectively the co-hosts of this show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a mess. <laughs> I feel quite, I quite a breath. Yeah, well, that was... I've seen that video before, but I don't know, it's not, it's not for quite a while. I've never seen what a flump is. <laughs> well, not the, not the non-marshmallow kind. No, they're these sort of brown, <laughs> furry shapes, dubbed over with Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, and they wear, like, woolly hats. Yeah. And have, like, people feet. <laughs> Ooh. It was a very, um, uh, the evil seed of what you've done. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Germinates within you. It was you that killed the unicorn. Uh, yeah, it's of the holy, it's definitely up there as one of the greatest. <laughs> we are very big fans of the genre of putting sinister dialogue on, <laughs> like, really, I'm not gonna even say, like, children's characters because it's too vague someone put like um they've been putting like what is it tales of the unknown theme over stuff oh tales yeah tales of the unexpected unexpected and they put over like okay something but it doesn't really <laughs> i watched the golden girls theme <laughs> no, 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 no. I watched these two videos where they swapped the golden girls opening and the x-files openings themes and both of them were amazing just like, <laughs> we'll watch them later. Anyway, there's a lot of very talented things on YouTube, but there's nothing beats just a, a good old sound swap <laughs> for comedy content. Um, have you been since we last uh, <laughs> did a Baltacast? A mess, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we both did Comic Con? Yeah, we both were. That was my first ever yeah. attempt. How does it feel? Um... Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Like, I've been warned about, like, you could get strange people. <laughs> Did you store. get strange but people? But we didn't. No, we had, I, mean, I tabled my friend Nana and we had quite a positive experience. Gosh, I, I, I can't move for strange people at my store. 
I don't get I I don't get that many people turn up, but I do get the same people every year who just loom over my table and don't buy anything. They talk to you about like their own work. Yeah, well, I get a lot. I mean, that's fine. But there's this one person which we've done pencil man, <laughs> which makes them sound really sinister. Imagining like a really tall, thin man, but I'm assuming he just well, likes pencils. I say, I, I say, yeah, he's really tall, but I, I am sitting down <laughs> when he comes to the table, so he's probably not. <laughs> the height difference probably doesn't actually matter that much. Um, no, he's fine. It's just that like he he comes every single year. Sorry if you're listening, pencil man. Yeah. You may know who you are. You may know. No, it's fine. I don't think he does listen because he um, came to my table like every single day of a Comic Con once for like hours on end. And then at the end on the Sunday, he was like, oh, by the way, I'm whatever. And how that sound like, what's your name again? <laughs> I was like, oh, my name that's on everything it's on, on the this store. table. <laughs> anyway, that's not our podcast. No, we talk about ghost stories, um, and we do it very seriously and very spookily, and we don't make fun of it at all. The goal of our podcast is to make people chilled. Yeah, mine may do that today. <laughs> <laughs> mine might. I but... thought I thought, it's because I tried to theme mine around the time of year. <gasps> is it a pride one? Yeah. Yes! Okay, I don't remember, which one goes first? I don't know, it's normally around who's ever, who's got a short or a long one. I don't know how long mine's going to be. (laughs) It's not that long. It's just got lots of parts. You do yours first because it's pride. Okay. (laughs) Pride ghosts. I'm so excited. Okay. This is poorly written compared to my other research. And (laughs) I'm stolen. (laughs) Our very well researched show that we usually do. But this came from a book which, which is all about like gay ghosts. Wow. Yeah. There's like several Google books all about like... Gay ghosts. Gay ghosts. Oh, I feel bad. I should have done a theme. Well, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I want to surprise them. That's like... No. Okay, anyway. So, um, yeah, this one, the title of the chapter that I'm not going to just recite because I have vaguely picked my own words. <laughs> it's called Dying for a Drink, New Jersey's Original Gay Bar. <laughs> go, go, school bar. <laughs> go. Okay. Ghost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Built in 1868 as a stagecoach stop between Sakasana and Dover, the Cox Hotel served as a tavern inn for travellers and iron miners in Mine Hills, Irish Town in New Jersey. Um, it's a three-storey building at an intersection and it was slanted and on a hill so drivers could unload their stuff on the second floor hotel. I guess leave the horses downstairs or something. <laughs> Take them up to their rooms. <laughs> yes. I should think not. Um, it was kind of on a creepy spot um, on this intersection, it was isolated, so like you'd had like mines one side of the road, well not one side of the road, but one point and then the people who actually lived in this place was in the middle and no one really lived there. Um, apparently it was just uh, mainly a lot of mice fields, 
Apparently it's a rough place that attracted rough men and murders were commonplace. They didn't tell me anything about the murders. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was into it when you just said mm. rough men. Yeah. I think like they just killed so many people that they just didn't bother well, recording yeah. them. Just, like, Everyone, it just happened. Who hasn't? Yeah. Um, so in the 20th century they renamed it, but it kept the rough clients. Um, it became the Bones Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you wanted to get rid of the rough clients. Yeah. Um, and it was a serviceman bar in World War Two. Um, the time changed. The establishment carried on tonight. Where are we again? New Jersey. Okay. I'm not going to do an accent. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering. Um, then in 1961, Frank and Madeline Bellini purchased the old inn and renamed it the Mine Hill Tavern. And they celebrated their grand opening on November the 18th. But unfortunately, Frank was an alcoholic, and Madeline didn't like him. So, oh. <laughs> so, well, he apparently wasn't very nice. Okay. Yeah. And she was into her customers as Maddie. Three years later, in 1964, they hired a hard-drinking, tough-as-nails <laughs> barmaid named Maureen Kavanagh. Um, I've got in brackets here, butch, the arse. <laughs> <laughs> Their friendship quickly blossomed into romance, and, Fra and Frank just disappears. Oh, good. That's, that's good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. I think either if he just left. Well, I hope he just left. Yes, I hope. Just nothing yeah. bad happened to him, and he didn't do anything bad. Yeah, just just Frank just went and drank somewhere else. Yeah. Um. So then the word spread of the new. There's been ownership, so like gays all around were coming. <laughs> we, we heard. Yeah, like they didn't have much going on for them in 1964, so you know. Um, <laughs> that's so reductive. <laughs> well, they did, but like they didn't have any other bars, is what I'm no, saying. No, that's, that's yeah, true. They had like lives and like history, other things going They've on. They've always been here. Yeah. They just didn't have so much drink that wasn't perfectly unfriendly. So. <clears throat> The tavern was a, a nice and welcoming and friendly environment, and after the mines closed, the gates stayed, the miners left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, presumably there was some crossover between gay miners and, well, yeah, <laughs> there must have been some gay I miners. mean, I've seen Pride. Yeah. I know there's crossover between miners and gays. Yeah. Um, the book actually wrote it as, the crowd became increasingly homosexual, which is <laughs> Like the current crowd just became a lot gayer. I mean, <laughs> they, they, they couldn't mind anymore, so. <laughs> well, why not just be gay? <laughs> if you can't mind, gay. Exactly. Like teach. Exactly. Um, so it's almost exclusively a gay bar by the 1970s, and then it was known as Maddie's Mine Hill Tavern, and it was New Jersey's oldest gay establishment and advertised itself as such in its slogan before Stonewall, there was Maddie's. That's yeah. some... That's, that's a bold claim. I was going to say shots fired, but that's yeah. a bit inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> no! Uh, that's bold, yeah. yeah. Why do you say something so... <laughs> <Was it laughs> Why would you say something so controversial <laughs> and so brave? <laughs> so, Maddie and Maureen shared their apartment in the living space on the third floor. And then... Mm -hmm. But then underneath... <laughs> uh, in the actual bar itself... The crowd was nice. Apparently it was known for, like, nice people. Nothing... 
the murders had stopped. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But the town itself was still quite gross. <laughs> well, they hadn't they hadn't tight cleaned it since yeah. the murders. They're all just still yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, like the walls are scattered of adverts. Notice there's some glassware. I don't know how they got glassware on the walls, but. That's, Gays can do anything they want. <laughs> if we put our minds to it. <laughs> <you know. laughs> Apparently the ceiling glittered with white chalks and glitches from the tavern's many guests, which means there were some beautiful gays back then. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying. They might not have seen them. But... Pencil yeah, man. Apparently, yeah, pencil, <laughs> pencil man is writing on the ceiling of chalk. <laughs> well, in the past, everything had low ceilings as well. Apart from... Kind of cathedrals and <laughs> <laughs> all the things about. You know what I mean. In America, everything yeah. had low ceilings. Because yeah. we know all about America <laughs> and the architectural history. Um, so it completely lacked any charm, but it's popular anyway. And Is um, this TripAdvisor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and apparently, behind the bar, Maureen would limp back and forth serving her customers and also just drinking. Uh, her favourite Fleischmann's whiskey. So I think she had a bit of a walk in a gummy leg or something. Yeah, I don't know. She yeah. sounds like, a, like an icon, if you ask me. I know, I love her. It's like this, like, sort of like rough butch lady with a limp, popping about <laughs> drinking whiskey. See, this is why I like lesbians. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. This butch lady with a, with a limp and uh, drinking, whiskey. drinking whiskey, and everyone's just like, oh, yes, absolute queen. But sadly, oh, in the 1990s, Maureen's health began to fail, and it wasn't the leg. <laughs> <laughs> that was harsh. I'm sorry, Maureen. Um, she passed away in 93, quietly in her third floor bedroom from throat cancer. Oh. And then Maddie was so devastated that she closed her, her bar the following year and moved in with her sister in Florida. And then on the second anniversary of Maureen's death, Maddie herself was killed in a traffic accident um, on her way to a restaurant. Um, apparently, as, mar- as paramedics pulled her body from the wreckage all the way back in New Jersey, her patrons were actually uh, drinking a toast to her, unaware that she had just died. Oh no. It said she drove a, a massive Buick, but I don't know what that is. So <laughs> I, I don't know cars. Some kind of vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> some kind of car, I don't know. Um, it's ghost time. Okay, I was, I was, I mean, I was enjoying it. Yeah, <laughs> I was also. I told you it wasn't scary. Right. But I just thought it'd be a nice tick. Yeah. And this was not way along. So in '95, the Straits. <laughs> uh, no, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It turned the tavern into Cornelius House, which is a successful restaurant run by Bob and Barbara Spagner until Bob suddenly died. Mm. Was it a ghost? No, it wasn't. It might have been. didn't say. And then it was purchased by Chef Rick Riccardi, who, I don't know, is he famous? Maybe. I don't know him, but he's not, not in my life. In 2004. <laughs> so <I don't> <laughs> is he famous? Not in my life. I don't know him, then he just doesn't matter. He doesn't matter. Mm. He, refer- he reopened it and just called it The Grill, which means... No offence. That's a bit boring. Yeah. That's why you shouldn't... You shouldn't let the again. <laughs> That's why you shouldn't let straights buy any buildings. Well, yeah, it should have like gone back to... It should have said a gay bar with new, new people. 
It does make me a bit sad because that yeah. whole thing about like it's before Stone Cold, it's like Stone Cold, <laughs> Stone Cold before Stone Cold. Like I don't know, it seemed like it should be have like a blue plaque or something yeah or whatever they have in New Jersey a limping butch lesbian lived here <laughs> yes <laughs> um sorry but um he quickly realised business came with its own permanent deceased guests mm. they never got rid of the corpses in the basement <laughs> um apparently lights would turn themselves on overnight in the dining hall um which was situated in the former main bar um Oh no, I missed a bit. I got, I got too, I got distracted by the straights. I'm sorry. <laughs> Backtrack. <laughs> got temporarily blinded. <laughs> Backtrack. The morning after Maureen's funeral, mm-hmm. when Maddie was still alive, her and another bartender, uh, Chuck O'Neill, entered the bar, and they found there a bottle of Fleischmann's whiskey, which is Maureen's fave, on the counter with a napkin draped over it, like she used to do. Mm-hmm. So she was still there having a drink. Limping around. But I don't know, maybe when she died, it, like, her ghost might have fixed the limp, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know, do, do, you, do you keep, like, ailments with your, with your ghost? I mean, like, don't they see, like, headless ghosts of, like, <laughs> things? So, I mean, like, you would well, think it fixed. I feel like if you died of something... Then you keep that. Yeah. But if it was just, like, a secondary condition... <laughs> if it wasn't your cause of death, then maybe it doesn't remain your ghost. When I... What do you think of listeners? Yeah, send in your send thoughts in your... on ailments of ghosts. <laughs> okay, anyway, fast forward again to the straight era. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, the lights would turn themselves on the dining room, and then on the second floor stairwell there was a cold spot that refused to go away. But, there's more. Within a few... <laughs> Shortly after the uh, restaurant's opening, three waitresses heard a loud female scream on the empty first floor. A woman's voice spoke indecipherable words. The waitresses on a separate occasion in, in the empty room sending them screaming upstairs to the office. Mm-hmm. Apparently uh, the kitchen for the grill is actually where Maureen's old bedroom used to be. And late night employees have heard the occasional thump or ringing bell in the dining area from the empty kitchen above them. Um, there's an apartment that covers the remaining half of the third floor, which is where Maddie and Maureen used to live, but no renters oh, have ever reported any strange goings on. That's boring. <laughs> change it, change it, change it. Um, and renters have reported that... Uh, demons from the Netherlands. Lesbian demons. Yes. <laughs> have been reported... Which I think was not really lesbian, but I can't. I'm blank. You've got. <laughs> I can't think of a stereotype in my head. Watching Thor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that stereotype is. We just think he's me. <laughs> Doing Ellen's generous impressions. I don't know. <laughs> is that the first thing you can think of? <laughs> I don't even like her that much. Buying tools. Yeah, they're doing DIY. Yeah. Yeah. So. Happy yeah. Pride, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we stereotype the. <clears throat> oh, apparently, even so, the spirit of Maureen still wanders the bartend restaurant, which was her pride and joy. Under cover of night, mysterious sounds fill the air at the grill, echoes from the structure's booze filled past, and the woman who still searches for one final tumbler of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and that's. Ooh. 
Ooh. I mean, it sounds a bit like there's a haunted restaurant and this book about gay ghosts uh, <laughs> was like, oh, it used to be run by lesbians. Okay, you stick it in. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but I liked, I like it. I like knowing... Sorry for not scaring you, everyone. Unless you're homophobic, It'll... in which case that's quite scary. <laughs> <laughs> but then why are you listening to us? I don't know. Have we made it overt before? This is a... Well, I mean... Yes. I think so. I mean, I'm sure... You can never be too sure. Uh, well, now you know. Now you know. My story is not private-related at all. <laughs> um, I might retroactively make some of them go, but we'll see. Just you know, put your own headcanons in. Yeah. <laughs> Send in your headcans to my ghost stories. So, uh, this weekend... <laughs> <laughs> this week? Last weekend, I went to York, uh, among a few other cities, on a little tour f- for my ghosty book. Oh, did that go successfully? Uh, yes. You had a cosplay, didn't you? Um, Was that something else? At the Newcastle one, one of the uh, employees of the store did dress up as one of the characters. But when I say cosplay, the character does wear a hoodie and a shirt. It's not like they were making battle armor and yeah, it's still not. It's very, it was very cute. I, I, I clocked it. Um, York was actually the lowest attended of the oh. uh, things, but the people that work there are so nice, and I really like it. Yeah. Is York smallish? Um, I know it's old. <laughs> like it's quite like it feels. Like, it looks very ancient. It's like, it feels small, but big <laughs> wow it feels like it it feels small it feels middling it's i think the reason why it feels small is that in the town the town center feels like a very old yeah. country town yeah that's what, I mean, there but i think it pictures. does spread out it's very pretty yeah um i did the tour this exact same tour last year uh promoting a different book uh and when I went to York, it was the weirdest. It was so busy. Sorry, there's people talking next door. <laughs> Ignore the Googles. Um, yeah, so I was walking out of York Station up to the comic shop, and there was a man and a woman having an argument outside a park. And the reason was, was that they had gone on a ghost tour last night, and she didn't want to go in the park ever again. Because Uh-oh. of the information that she gathered. Uh-oh. And she was saying, uh, I don't want to go in, there's ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> and he wow. was saying, it's not true, it's just a story. And she was like, but but they do a tour about it. <laughs> um, so last year I got clued in the amount of tours. Yeah. Um, but this year I really noticed how many signs there were for ghost tours. Mm. So this... Uh, story is not really a story, it's a pick and mix. Yeah. This is a just... Just selection time. Yeah. yeah. Spooky selection time. Box of heroes. Here, boo. No, I can't do it. Celebrations. <laughs> Celebrations. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, um, so this is just the hauntings of York. Um, okay. Eleven different ghost and vampire walks are listed on TripAdvisor. Vampires? Yeah, vampires. Do. I don't really cover vampires yeah. in this. 
Okay, because I'm looking Didn't for... Didn't know York was famous for vampires. <laughs> I'm looking for ghost and vamp... I'm looking for ghost walks of New Orleans. Uh, and it always lists everything as ghost and vampire walks on TripAdvisor. Mm. No matter where you yeah. are. I think there's a lot of vampire walks in the world. Anyway, uh, so there's 11 different ones in York alone. Um, York claims to be the first place in the world to begin the tradition of ghost walks. Um, I think it's also mostly people in York that believe this. Uh, And York also claims to be the most haunted city in Europe. Quite a few places. Yes. But let's just say it is a spooky thing. Maybe per capita. Well, it is quite ancient. Yeah. It's called Jorvik. Alright, don't take my content. Sorry. I haven't got that written down. That's a good factoid. Um, the old Vikings called it that. <laughs> if you want Vikings feature, you'll you'll love them. Okay. Uh, the best reviewed <laughs> of these ghost tours is the Bloody Tour of York. Nice. Um, which is a bit more uh, horrible histories, and the guide has a degree in Yorkshire history, which is what I found out. Equity qualified oh. meant. Uh, it just means that it's legit, but I don't know what that means. Okay. Um, however, the the least reviewed, not the worst, just the one that has the least reviews I like the name of, is In the Company of Ghosts. It's just that they give you a tour that, like, the ghost actually is the tour guide. Yes. They, they, well, it sounds like a tour guide, a tour for ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of the living. Uh, of, of just York, yeah. but for the dead. Um, all the other guides are variations on the Ghost Tour of York, the go- the York Ghost Tour, the original Ghost Tour of York, etc, etc, etc. So, can be a bit confusing. And I went on none of these. <laughs> Did you not go on the equity qualified one? No, I, I'm, I was only in York for a couple of hours. Ah. Uh, I'm really building this up as a real, like, significant moment in my you life. You made your own ghost tour. So, I tried to research information information but if you went to if you went to york please go on any of these ghost walks please I, they were all like five pounds oh that's uh, and i think a few were a bit more um tell us all because they, obviously they like keep the true yeah. ghost stories that they want to tell mm. a bit secret it's a little bit hard to find the information but here's the stuff i have gleamed <laughs> excuse me so these are some these are some York um, ghost bites. <laughs> I call these cold spots. Okay, thirty five Stone Gate is one of the oldest buildings in York at seven hundred years old, and it has just about as many ghost sightings. Uh, some thirty <laughs> five. No, almost seven hundred. Oh. About five hundred people have. Uh, reported ghost sightings of this one building. Um, one of the most common spirits are, that are seen or heard are a sobbing 19th century teenage girl said to have had had an affair with her master and murdered by her mistress. I don't know how much affair Yeah. Is, um, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yum, 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 yum. No, I didn't mean yum, yum, yum. I meant like... Um, this, uh, the the vision of a little child who fell from her bedroom window and the grey morning mother in search of her. There is even a ghost cat. Uh, the, 
I know. We once saw a white cat and we obsessed over the fact it was a ghost. But this is the sound of scratching and hissing uh, from a pussycat accidentally bricked into a wall. Oh no. I don't know if that's a ghost or not. <laughs> it's just someone's cat that's done um, Coppergate Shopping Centre was discovered to have build, be, been built on a Viking fort and hmm. burial mound, which would explain some of the pecu- some of these peculiar moments. This is one of the few ones I did actually write, but it seems so copied and pasted. <laughs> peculiar. Um, doors in various shops have sometimes been blown off their hinges. Automatic doors open and close as if letting in invisible customers. And the more middle-class Viking ghosts have been rearranging the ghosts of the shells of a haunted M&S. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, they didn't like the arrangement. Uh, I'll, tell, I'll say where I got this information from. But the, uh, the, the international section, like the Danish... No, there was a... There was a, um, a lot of this information comes from a Guardian travel article about, like, go to York if you like haunted stuff. And... Um, the article's headline was like, want to go to a haunted m and <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> Very much speaking to the Guardian's yeah. market. Um, several hotels actually list their ghosts as part of the appeal. The Golden Fleece, for example, proudly mentions their World War II airman who sometimes wakes guests in the night with an icy stroke across their cheek. Well, that's creepy. I don't, yeah. I woke up once. In Aberdeen. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's good. It's impressive for me. No, in Aberdeen, it's a travel Did you go to sleep? Did you go to sleep in Aberdeen? <laughs> you just woke up once and I'm... Continue your story. I was in, like, Premier or a travel lodge or something. And then I wake up and I saw this creepy man at the end of my bed who was a ghost. You actually have a ghost story? <laughs> yeah, but it was just like, I woke up, I saw it, and I'm about to sleep. <laughs> That's like a legit ghost story, though. Yeah, but it's really short. <laughs> That's the problem with ghost stories we have found, is that... I mean, we've mentioned a few times this podcast is, like, loosely based on My Favourite Murder, or murder podcasts. Yeah. But murders have, like, stories, whereas so many of these ghost stories are just, like... It's more about the people behind the ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> we have to do a lot of prep work. This is why I had to do Everyone in York, because even though there's a lot of good ones, they're all, like, one sentence long. Yeah. Um... That's really creepy. Don't don't hide your ghost stories from me. Um, other hotels are less keen to mention their spirits, uh, but the Yelp reviews of the <laughs> Dean Court Hotel list being yanked from their beds by an invisible force as one of the cons. <laughs> what <laughs> are the others? Good breakfast. Oh. <laughs> hmm. Would you go? Not if I'm being woke up in the night. No. Um, so, a slightly longer story. One particular sighting of a ghost in York is from plumber Harry Martingale, who claims in 1953 to have been uh, to have been installing a heating system in the basement of Treasurer's House when he heard a distant horn. Cool. Yeah. Uh, he brushed it off, assuming something was happening in the town above, but the horn kept getting louder and louder. And then the sound of marching getting louder and louder until it sounded like it was right there in the room with him. And it was. He saw an entire Roman legion march past him through the basement. He said they didn't have legs um, and were gliding. Oh, so so like they had like all the armour but not legs. They sort of faded at the waist. Kind of like typical, like, sp- like ghost, like drawing. Where they go, 
Yeah, Not we me. didn't do our psychic drawings. We'll do it next time. We'll do it. Uh, <laughs> we wanted to do psychic drawings of each other's ghost stories. But next got, time. We got distracted. We got overwhelmed by the flumps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, he stood there, frozen in fear, watching as the Romans marched past for what seemed like five minutes down through this basement and into the darkness. He was so frightened he never returned to that area of York. I say never, but later I say, and he came back. Uh, <laughs> he, he intended to never yes. come back. Um, he says that the soldiers had round shields and green tunics. However, this didn't tally with historical knowledge at the time. Several years later, however, a Roman road was discovered just below the basement of the house, which led to a Roman burial site containing bodies of skeletons with round shields and green tunics. <gasps> Harry, still alive today on finding out this information, actually returned to the basement feeling more reassured for some reason. That when... he actually didn't see ghosts? Yes. Well, I think this... maybe I was more, he was more scared about the idea of actual Romans. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he doesn't mind ghosts, but zombies are out of it. This is when, um, so this is when my stories just become, there is no segue into each one. <laughs> A little Edwardian man is said to roam York Museum at night. How little? <laughs> well, probably not as little as you. <laughs> he's probably quite a tall man to me, I'm sorry. Sorry? I think he's more little in the sense of... Um, is he old? I don't know. Uh, the York Brewery is home to a malevolent spirit, <gasps> said to appear like a long, tall, thin figure with a tall hat. <laughs> that sounds quite quiet, because this guy, when people have looked at him, he is said to have shouted them away. Sure. Stop sliding with the ghost. I'm trying to scare you. Okay. You'll find this one chillsome. York Minster. York, York Minster. The largest Gothic cathedral in Northern Europe dates back to 627 AD. However, in 1820, two ladies were enjoying a tour of the cathedral when they got separated from the group and found themselves lost in the spiralling corridors they came across a man. It... <laughs> oh no! What shall we do? Um, they came across a man in naval uniform. He stood in silence before turning to one of the women, walking slowly towards her and whispering in her, in her ear before vanishing. After madly dashing away and finding themselves outside, the woman who was whispered to began sobbing loudly. The friend asked what the matter was. <laughs> the woman said, that was my brother. The friend gasped. Her brother had been in the Navy and was presumably still alive until that moment. The friend asked what the brother had whispered, and she said, We had a promise that the first of us to die was to let the other one know, somehow, however possible, if there was an afterlife. And he whispered, I can't seem to find it. That's sad. It is sad, but he seemed to be alive in some way after life. There's a ghost. That <laughs> was Cher. Oh, snap out of it! Okay. <laughs> My brother, Cher. <laughs> Sorry. My brother, Cher. One of the most famous ghosts is Mad Alice. There's even a street named after her. 
Mad Alice Lane, which is a teeny thing, thin, <laughs> which is a teeny passageway, or as Yorkshire folk like to call them, Snickleway. <laughs> sounds like like a like a chocolate bar. <laughs> sounds delicious. I also do not think this is true, but Wikipedia told me it was. Uh, just someone in Yorkshire and a lot of people who aren't from there. If you're from York, please tell me if you've ever been down a Snickleway <laughs> to see Mad Alice. Uh, the Bloody Tour of York is actually hosted by an actor playing Mad Alice. Um, she appears to be more folklore than true. Um, a mysterious Alice Smith who was executed for being mad in the 1820s at York Castle. Uh, no record shows this to be true. Um, however, every ghost tour has their own Mad Alice stories. Some say that she poisoned her husband. Others say that she kept confessing to every crime committed in York until they eventually hanged her to shut her up. <laughs> um, oh, no. Nevertheless, Alice. her ghost... <laughs> Alice, you don't need to do that. Uh, nevertheless, her ghost is said to still haunt her eponymous lane. Um, my final ghost is the one that spooks me the most. <laughs> Be chilled. I'm always chilled. <laughs> um, you're always chilled in a cold spot. Uh, in a cool spot. Okay. It's about someone who was actually hanged at the York Tower. Roger de Clifford. In 1322, he was charged with being involved in a rebellion against King Edward II. He was brought to trial and hanged and displayed on show for a year and a day. Visitors to the tower have sometimes claimed catching the glimpse of a door of a gaunt, dark, hanging figure in the corner of their eyes. Like stank. Um, that was my spooky story, but it was quite short. (laughs) (laughs) If you're interested, it's a beautiful city. Go during the illuminated York Festival near Halloween, which is like super Halloween. Uh, there's an, a, a special torchlit castle tour, and Betty's Tea Room has a night of candlelit ghost stories. Yeah. I think we should go. Yeah. It's a Halloween treat. Um, Sport, and this episode is sponsored by the York Tourist. <laughs> I know! I basically just did that. It was really cool, though. Um, I, I do credit The Guardian uh, York, the ultimate ghost town, written by Joanna Moorhead. Um... And the original ghostwalkofyork.co.uk website actually has uh, confessional ghost stories of mm. York people, which I was going to read out, but none of them were. That's good. Not compared to the ones I researched. Yeah. Um, Subpar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what has happened? Those are our ghost stories. I hope you're feeling. Terrified. <laughs> oh, I like. Well, what a come down. Um, happy Pride. <laughs> Actually, I did. Use, I did visit York the day after York Pride. What was that like? <laughs> I didn't go. Yeah, it might have been like. Um, there was a nice vibe. My my signing was in the morning on, on a Sunday morning after Pride, and so I think that's more why people didn't turn up because. Get yeah, all my other signings were about the same. That's yeah. the only one that was really low. Um, but yeah, there was a nice vibe. 
Oh, there was a, I, I did send you a picture, but there was like a preacher on the street talking about <laughs> sins. Oh yeah, these iconic, these amazing queens. These old ladies, one with bright green hair and one with bright pink hair, were just walking across and they saw um, this preacher and they were just staring at him and then green hair was just like, oh, I want to fucking punch him. <laughs> and then pink hair was like, you want to punch everybody. And then they just like wandered off. So, yes, pride. I was going to say, wasn't there a third blue-haired one? And I remembered that was just our head cannon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you said I had... Like said, of girls. Yeah, I tried to take a picture of a ghost, and I said that there was a secret, invisible one. Um, but yeah, York's lovely. I don't know why I decided to dedicate an entire episode to being their tourist board, but we've got to respect... We do a lot of American hauntings, yeah. and we've got to respect our own... Our roots. Our home-brewed booze. Mm. <laughs> um, if you have a ghost story, please do send them in to... Uh, Thepoltercast.gmail.com mm-hmm. We also have a Twitter, at Thepoltercast, and we also have a Facebook, which I do... Which is the pol- which we update in November. I always put the episodes yeah. up there, but... Um, We've, we have kind of slapped off the picture front, but... Well, because you started the pictures, and then I realised I had to do all the pictures for all of my episodes, and then I got daunted, and I stopped. But I'll get to it. <laughs> I need to update with my ones. Um, we'll get to it. Thank you to Graham Waller and Glitter Wolf for our theme music. You can buy their album, or listen to it on Spotify, wherever, blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> but until next time. Rest in peace.